Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, and I hope you're having a great Wednesday night. However, I am pretty confident that you probably are not. Maybe you're having a good Wednesday night, but not a great Wednesday night, as Dallas Cowboys have received some very, very unfortunate news today. Because Demarcus Lawrence is out six to eight weeks, according to the reports, and we'll get into that on tonight's show. And also, we'll try to talk about what the Cowboys can actually do in order to deal with this problem as they get ready to head versus the Los Angeles Chargers. It's a very difficult situation for the Dallas Cowboys. Let's keep it simple. We'll get into what the news means for the team, whether or not there are some free agents out there that, that the Cowboys could possibly target. I think that there are not a lot of them. We'll get into that. We'll get into what we can expect from the Dallas Cowboys defense going forward. And we'll get into a few other news that may have been overlooked by the fact that Marcus Lawrence is getting all of the attention. And honestly, he should. He is the best defensive player in the Dallas Cowboys roster, and now he's out for six to eight weeks, according to the reports. It could be longer. It could be earlier. Listen, but this is a very bad spot for the Cowboys defense, even more so without Randy Gregory. This is a team that barely got any QB pressure in week one, and now you're asking them to do so without their two, top two rushers. So it really just a, a sucky situation for the Cowboys. Thank you, Stevie Mac, for joining the show. Make sure you all like the stream. Make sure you share the show as, as well if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. As always, let your friends know that you're watching ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Thank you, David, for joining the show as well. We will have nice things one day, Room, but until then, hit the like button, said Stevie Mac, and I like that comment. Until then, hit the like button. Let's have some nice things. Hector in the chat saying, go Cowboys. So, yeah, it's a, it's a bad day, really, for, for Cowboys news, and it's been a bad week, actually. Just after the Cowboys really got our hopes up with a very strong performance against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, since then, the Dallas Cowboys have lost. For extended periods of time and for short periods of times, but uh, they have lost Randy Gregory, Michael Gallup, Lyle Collins, and now Demarcus Lawrence. And there are some other injuries, as I was saying, that have been overlooked. So we will actually get into those, but let's start the show officially first, since more of us are here already. So welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday night here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. And actually, scratch that, I just got used to that intro, but it's no longer that way. It's Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central Time. We're here in the chat, and I, I feel what Dom is saying in the chat. I, I feel what he is saying, and I agree with the sentiment. It's a, it, but, but we'll get through it. Let's talk about it on tonight's show. As I was saying, we'll talk about those news. We'll dive into the Demarcus Lawrence news. We'll talk about maybe Michael Parsons being potentially the Cowboys player they turn to to rush the passer. We'll get into all of that. But first, and thank you, Dom, for joining the chat. And thank you all who are joining, by the way. But let's get to the news. And let's get into all of them. The, the most important one, by a long shot, is Demarcus Lawrence. Being injured, he suffered a foot injury, a fractured foot in practice. And now he is out 
six to eight weeks. That's the main news of the day. It really sucks for the Dallas Cowboys. But there are some other news. Mike McCarthy talked about Randy Gregory. He did not sound hopeful that Gregory would be ready to play versus the Chargers. And he actually talked about every Cowboys player who has entered the COVID protocol. He talked about how all of them have had to be there for about 10 days. So it does not sound like the Cowboys are hoping Randy Gregory is ready either. And then there were some other overlooked injuries, in my opinion, including Donovan Wilson, who re-aggravated his injury from training camp. Now, it was a groin injury, and he was ready to play in the regular season, but it looks like it's an issue again. So if the Cowboys lose Donovan Wilson as well, then you have a little bit of trouble brewing at safety because the Cowboys also lost Darian Thompson to injury, uh, to injury. And even though he's not a part of the Cowboys' 53-man roster, he actually led the team in special team snaps in week one. So you might have a little bit of an issue there as well. And as the Cowboys get used to, well, get acclimated to this, it's just not an ideal situation. Over here, we say uh, we have some comments. Thank you, Thomas, for joining the show. JP as well. Uh, Paya says the game is getting closer. And unfortunately, the roster is getting thinner at the same time. What is up, Lord Nova? Thank you for being here in the chat. Donald Jackson over at Facebook. Who will step up in his absence? And that is far and away the biggest question for the Dallas Cowboys regarding DeMarcus Lawrence. And I'll, I'll actually get ahead of... of the topics here and talk about DeMarcus Lawrence first because it's it is what it's in our in all of our minds and it, I want to tell you why I'm not very confident about this we have talked about the Cowboys coaching staff being able to adjust or maybe not but here's the thing defensive coaches and coaching in coaches in general you can adjust to certain losses but there's only so much you can do when the talent that you have on your roster is the level that the Cowboys have. Because really, if we're being honest, the Cowboys do not have a lot of talent at the defensive line or even in the defensive backfield. You have a few players, and particularly you had two players who are very important to this team's success, and that is Demarcus Lawrence and Trevon Diggs, especially after what we saw from Diggs in week one. But without Lawrence... It's really tough to know what we can expect from these Cowboys defensive units. And I have some numbers from you. And this is, these numbers are only from the NFL kickoff. But this is about QB pressures. Now, the Dallas Cowboys had only a few players that were able to register QB pressures versus the Tampa Bay Bucks and Tom Brady. Demarcus Lawrence led the team with five. Randy Gregory came in at three. And Michael Parsons had another tree, and then Lawrence Armstrong had tree. Now, out of those two, out of those leaders, Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory are potentially out, at least versus the Chargers. But here's the thing: then the only player in the Cowboys defense that actually got a quarterback hit versus the the Bucks was Donovan Wilson. And he did so in a coverage zero play. He did so in an all-out blitz. And Donovan Wilson is not even, he's also in the injury report. So it's far from an ideal situation. Now, we can take a look at the Dallas Cowboys defense and hope that Durant Armstrong can step up or maybe even 
uh, Terrell Vashem. But are we really confident in those players? Or are we just being wishful for them to be actually able to step up in a Cowboys defense and provide some pressure? Because they're not, let me tell you something, they're not getting any help from the interior defensive line. They're not getting any help from Osa, probably, or at least not significant help in order to make up for these absences. They're not getting that, that help. And if you take the market, it's not like there are a lot of free agents out there that can actually help the Cowboys significantly, at least in my opinion. These are, in my opinion, the top four free agents in the market at the position. We're talking about Oliver Byrne, who, yeah, he had eight or nine sacks in 2020. He's actually had a very strong past few seasons, but he's coming off a week 17 Achilles injury, and he didn't play in the postseason in 2020. And we know that th th that kind of injury usually drags on that late in the season until the beginning of the next season. In other words, of 2021. So I'm not sure what version of Oliver Byrne and the Cowboys could get at this stage of the year. Then Adrian Claiborne, but are we confident in Adrian Claiborne? He's coming off his worst season, in my opinion, in, the, in his NFL career. Then Trent Murphy, who was with the Bills, not a very strong player, in my opinion. And then Big Beasley, who is a big name. But other than that, you know, there's not much to say about Big Beasley. His production in the NFL since he got here has been quite disappointing. So honestly, if I'm being honest with you, and I, I was, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong here. Let me know what you think. And by the way, what's one emoji? Tonight's question is a little bit different. What's one emoji that describes how you feel about Demarcus Lawrence's foot fracture? A little bit of a different question on tonight's show. But really, there's not much to say about Demarcus Lawrence's injury other than it sucks. So what's one emoji that describes how you feel about it? And while you answer that, let me give you my thoughts on who could step up. I don't have a lot of faith in Armstrong. I don't have a lot of faith in Bradley and I. I don't have a lot of faith in... Hey, what's up, Zach? Zach from ADC Sports Nashville is also sad. Lunatic is, Lunatic is puking. This is... I think that Lunatic's answer is closer to how I feel than other emojis that I've seen so far. I, I was sick to my stomach when that notification hit. And not even the, the first initial notification that there was a problem with, with the Marcus Lawrence. But when, when the six to eight weeks popped up in my phone, I just felt sick to my stomach. He might over here with the face palm, down with the angry emoji. Yeah, I think, I think Lunatic's the winner so far with the pukes, <laughs> with, with the puking. Listen, I'm not confident in the Cowboys' backup defense events. And I might be in the minority there, but I, that's how I feel. I actually don't think I am. I'm not confident in any free agent that the Cowboys could bring in. So other than maybe trading for a defensive end, you might want Michael Parsons to rush the passer way more. Not exclusively. I think that you cannot waste Michael Parsons' skill set by rushing the passer every single snap. But maybe you can do so more often. We were taking a look at the QB pressures back by a few minutes ago. And Michael Parsons was one of the few players with QB pressure versus the Tampa Bay Bucks. I was not a fan of the Cowboys talking about potentially playing him as an edge rusher during the offseason. But given the situation, 
The Cowboys are somewhat deep at linebacker. I don't think that Leighton Vanderich and I don't think that Jalen Smith are playing great football right now. But maybe the Cowboys can invest a little bit more playing time from Micah Parsons into actually rushing the passer, given the situation. Again, I would, I would not have liked this if the Cowboys were not without Randy Gregory and without Demarcus Lawrence. But right now, that's the only way I can think of, other than a trade, to get some QB pressure on Justin Herbert this Sunday and beyond, because it's going to be a long stretch without Micah, without Demarcus Lawrence. Skywalker is over here in the chat, and he gives us a very, well, explicit emoji. So there you go. That's how Sky is feeling. Of course, you can catch Sky tomorrow morning, and I'm sure he will share a lot of thoughts on this as well. Oliver Bernan says, Blue Silver, this is the only free agent out there that could make me feel better about the Cowboys' situation at defensive end. But then again, as I was saying, he's coming off from an Achilles injury. And, you know, those change players, especially at that age, in my opinion. So we might not be getting the best version of Oliver Vernon if the Cowboys end up signing him. Now we can talk about a trade. Stan Birch says, uh, let's make a trade for a different player. Someone else had said, let's trade for an another defense event. And listen, it, 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 kind, it kind of makes sense. But at the same time, it's, diff it's difficult to get a, buy a, a worthwhile trade this early in the season. We usually talk about big-time trades when we're closer to the deadline, when we know which teams are not going to be com competing in the NFL regular season and which are going to be. So it's a bad spot to be in for the Dallas Cowboys. I would like to see a little bit more of Michael Parsons rushing the passer because, honestly, it's the only way I can think of generating some pressure. And the worst thing about this is the Cowboys are facing quite an offensive line on Sunday. Last night, we took a look at some numbers from their offensive line. We saw how Rashawn Slater performed. Zero QB pressures allowed in 49 pass blocking snaps. And now you're in this situation in which you don't have Randy Gregory to face him. You don't have Marcus Lawrence on the other side of the football. It's a bad spot. Who could we trade for? You know Jerry doesn't make big moves. Now, I'm going to say something regarding this. Usually the Cowboys do not make big moves. But if, if this was week seven, week six in the NFL season, I would think that the Cowboys would be able to go get a pass rusher. Sort of because we, we, we like to say that the Cowboys don't make big moves. And that's true most of the time. But what about in 2018 when they got Amari Cooper from the, from the Raiders? That was a big move from, from, from the Cowboys. But honestly, my issue right now, I think, is the fact that we are only in week two. Hell, week two has not even started. So there are not a lot of NFL teams out there that are going to be willing to trade for a, to trade their defensive ends. Someone mentioned in social media players like Emmanuel Ogba, who kind of are available most of the time. Mike, uh, thanks Marinelli, shake my damn head, and thanks for Taysom Hill as well, says Lunatic. Uh, we could have TJ Watt, but we drafted Taco, says Mike. I, I, I'm over that. I, I, I'm gotta, I gotta be honest with you. I have decided to move past that 2017 NFL draft. 
there's only one who can save us. I think, what, was it Sky who, who actually tweeted that out? There's only one who can save us. And then a gift from Taco Charlton. I'm not sure if that was Sky or if I'm imagining things, but someone actually tweeted that out. Thank you, Ru, for reminding people to like the video. And of course, if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, please let your friends know that you're watching ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. On the right side, says Jennifer, at least it's early enough in the season that there's time for them to all come back and be hitting their stride right in the last month of the season. Also, we are kind of feeling a little bit pessimistic because of who's next in the Cowboys schedule, in my opinion, because the Chargers, even though they were not very successful on early downs, actually Justin Herbert was a 32nd ranked quarterback in the NFL on early downs and the number two in third down. So we might, we might be overestimating a little bit the Chargers next Sunday. However, they're still a good unit and they have strong wide receivers. They are a very capable offense to drop maybe 30 points on this Cowboys defense. But beyond them, you are going to face the Eagles in week three, the Panthers in week four, the Giants, the Patriots, and then you're getting the bye week. And even after the bye week, you get the Vikings, the Broncos, and the Falcons. So the Cowboys schedule is going to get easier. It is just a bad spot to be in after what we saw from the Chargers last week. So listen, I'm not going to panic. I'm not, I'm not ready to hit the panic button on the entire Cowboys 2021 team. However, I did walk away a little bit concerned about the Cowboys defense in week one. Not because of what we saw from the secondary. We kind of expected that. But I was a little bit underwhelmed from what we saw in the interior defensive line. I thought that really the only player that can generate constant QB pressure on the Cowboys is Demarcus Lawrence. And now he's gone. So it's, it's a little bit frustrating. Wait until they bring Crawford out of retirement, says TV Mac. That would be frustrating. That, that I mean, I like Teron Crawford. I don't know if that's the, the guy you want to turn to in this situation. Why not put number 11 in place of number 90? He can pass rush, says T. Jake. And actually, yeah, that's, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think that right now, unless, again, the Cowboys trade for, from someone outside the team, I think that's the, way, the most easy way to generate QB pressure. But I'm going to be honest with you. Even if they go that route, you're probably not going to get super good edge rushing play from number 11. Just got to get creative, says Rue Glock. And here's another issue. And here's another, of the, here's another one of the reasons why I am concerned about the Cowboys' ability to generate pressure. Because someone said to me this morning, well, we're about to see more blitz from the Cowboys, more blitzing from the Cowboys. Well, they blitzed a lot versus the Tampa Bay Bucks, And unfortunately, it did not work out either. Actually, and these numbers are from Bob Storm, who, who did a hell of a job on The Athletic breaking it down, by the way. I recommend you go read that after the show is over. The Cowboys had four players. No, excuse me. This was 12 blitzes with five rushes, with, with five rushers. Two blitzes with six rushers. And the famous blitz with seven rushers, of, of course, cover zero, in which we were talking about Donovan Wilson got a QB hit. So the Cowboys basically blitzed 15 times, and they were able to generate only one QB hit, and they got zero sacks. So that's a bit concerning, definitely. Even if they get creative, 
My question is, do they have the talent to execute the creativeness? Because it might not be as easy as it looks like. It's not just about game planning and not about play design. And we knew this coming into the season. We knew how thin the Cowboys were on defense. And we knew that there were only a few players the Cowboys could consistently count on. And one of them is now out for six to eight months. Steven White says, Cubo, Mo. What is up, Steven White? Thank you for joining the show. When we are 0-3, there will be panic, I assure you, says Paul Sandoval. Let's hope the Cowboys do not get to 0-3. Right now, I, I feel very confident that the Cowboys walk away with a win versus the Philadelphia Eagles. I will say this, and even though the Eagles are strong in the trenches, they, they are a good team there. I will say this, I feel much better about it right now than I would have hoped, than, than I would have had this happen last year with Mike Nolan at the helm. This is a big point from Rube Luck. Dan Quinn makes us feel a little bit better about the Cowboys situation at defense. And definitely, and I know this is not even a hot take or an unpopular opinion, I know I'm not the first to say this, but I'm way more concerned about not having Lawrence and Gregory rushing the passer than I am about not having Lyle Collins and Michael Gallup. Because I know that the offense I can trust, I know that I can trust Dak Prescott and Kellen Moore to keep things flowing smoothly. And I think that Dak will be able to get rid of the ball quickly. We talked about him being the second quickest quarterback in the NFL to get rid of the ball in week one. The second lowest time to throw in the NFL came from Dak Prescott. And that's because of strong level of play at all levels. The QB getting rid of the ball quickly. The wide receivers getting open. The play calls and the game planning being spot on. And I think that the Cowboys can get that done on offense. I'm not sure about the Cowboys being able to adjust on defense because I don't, I'm not sure about the talent that they have. This is not even me doubting what Dan, Dan Quinn can do schematically to make things work. This is about me doubting the talent that the Cowboys have in the 53-man roster. We have some other comments here in the chat. Concerned about our rushing game, says Bruno da Silva. And, and I'm not overly concerned about the rushing game. We did not see a lot of it on Thursday night versus the Bucks. I think we will learn more from it versus the Chargers because the Chargers are not a very strong defense versus the run. But anyways, uh, let's, let's wait and see. I think that a Cowboys rushing attack could be better than giving credit for. Let's not jump into any conclusions after playing against a defensive front featuring Vita Vea and Damakin Sue and the linebackers that the box have. I think that no NFL team runs on the box, to be honest. That's why they finished number one in the NFL versus the run in 2020. We have to completely fall off the rails before front office does a trade, says Kimi Johnson. Rightfully so. Let's see what these young players are going to do as this is the software part of this schedule. Maybe defensive end by committee will be good enough, says David. Maybe. And I think I do think we will see a lot of rotation because I'm not sure that the Cowboys are going to want to ask, uh, excuse me, Terrell Basham and Durance Armstrong for a lot of play, to play a lot of snaps instead of having a more healthy rotation. Bradley and I played very little versus the versus the Cowboys, versus the Bucks offense. Bradley and I played very little. Let's see if he gets more playing time. And let's see if even some way or somehow 
other players like Kamara maybe get some playing time as well. I, I mean, I'm, I know that's not what you want, not in week two of the NFL season, but at this point, you don't have your two starting defensive ends, so you're running out of options. And actually, I'm looking up the numbers for the Cowboys' defensive ends. Bradley and I was in only for 10 snaps, 15% of the snaps. And then you had Terrell Bashin coming on 41% of the snaps. And Terrell, excuse me, Durant Armstrong coming in for 41% of the snaps. And Terrell Bashin coming in for 37% of them. I expect our defensive ends will rotate by committee, says Thomas as well. Here's my thing about the committee, though. I'm not sure who's going to be the committee. So, okay, let's think about this. Basham and Armstrong are your starting defensive ends. I think we can all agree with that. And we are assuming that my, that Randy Gregory does not play. There is still a, a small chance that Gregory ends up playing, even though Mikey McCarthy did not sound hopeful about it. So we have Durant Armstrong and we have Basham as our starters. Then we have Bradley and I. And I think that's pretty much it for, for the Cowboys defensive linemen. So it, it will be interesting to see who steps up as the depth of the defensive end position. Or if the Cowboys call up someone from the practice squad as well. Remember that that rule is a big deal on the 2021 NFL season. Let's see if they make a signing as well. I would really like it if they did. Durant's low-key being playing decent, says Rue Glock. Definitely. I, I mean, for, for, for a non-starter, he has been playing decent, decent, I think. And I like that the Cowboys used him from time to time as an interior defensive lineman to generate some pressure in passing situations. And I hope that once the Cowboys have some defensive ends returning from injury, be it Randy Gregory from the COVID list or... Marcus Lawrence at the second half of the season, I hope they keep playing Durant Armstrong in some passing situations like they did versus the Bucs. He won't play, says David. And listen, that's what the Cowboys coaching staff is suggesting right now, but we won't know until, until we know. If the Cowboys were, the Cowboys had a plan in place to fly Zach Martin into Tampa <laughs> if there was even a small, tiny, little bit of hope the Cowboys could do the same for, for a player like Gregory. Because you, you're, you're going to want Gregory. If he can go, then he will go. Would Jalen Smith be a good tryout at the offensive end? Just curious because I'm done with him at linebacker, Jake Curry says. It would be an unpopular opinion, an unpopular option maybe at defensive end. But he did rush the passer a lot when he was in college football. We have not seen a lot from that in the NFL. But listen... As someone said in the chat earlier, the Cowboys will need to get creative. So don't rule that out. And I don't know if he can provide a lot as a pass rusher, but I think that the Cowboys will need to do something like this, be it Micah Parsons or be it Jalen Smith to get some, or, or maybe a little bit of both, you know? The Cowboys will get creative. I, I do think that they are going to do that. My question is, are they going to be effective? Because again, they had 15 blitzes versus the Tampa Bay Bucks, and it was just not enough. I think that McCarthy was saying that Gregory wasn't playing to throw the Chargers off, says Thomas. So that, that would be amazing. That, that, that would be just great news for the Cowboys. But I'm not sure that's going to happen. And by the way, before we move on to the Cowboys snap counts, 
We would be able to rush the passer with all three linebackers rotating, says Bruno. Chauncey Golson is another option, of course. Uh, David said it in the chat. Chauncey Golson was inactive for the first game versus the Bucks, but he was a full participant in, in practices, even in week one. So Chauncey Golson, the third-round rookie, might be ready to play versus the Chargers. That is a, a good point from David. We need to stop the run on the edges. Don't forget it, says Brian. Number 11 on the line, and actually taking advantage of the fact that Steven said that in the chat. My question is, do you agree or disagree that the Cowboys should play Clark Parsons as the edge rusher for most of the game versus the Chargers? Would you like to see that? Or do you think that the Cowboys should bet on their backup defense events to get things done versus this offensive unit from the Chargers? Now, keep in mind, we're a little bit scared about the Chargers because of what we saw from them versus the Washington football team that have one of the best defensive lines in the entire NFL, and still they were very, very dangerous on offense. But don't forget, and I won't, uh, and I will insist on this time and time again, that the Chargers were not very efficient. They were very dependent on third down success, and Justin Herbert was actually the 32nd ranked quarterback in week one in early downs. So this might not be an elite offense still. This might be just an offense that got a little bit of, of lucky, a little bit, uh, well, clutch maybe on third down, but they, they were very dependent on third down. And it's very difficult to translate that from one week to another week. So the Cowboys might be a little bit, uh, a, a little bit hopeful in that, in that aspect. Try it out, says Stephen White. Both, says David C., uh, for sure, try it out. I think they should switch it up. Now, interchangeably with Jalen, says David Cisnero. So we want to see, uh, David wants to see a little bit of Jalen Smith rushing the passer and a little bit of Parsons rushing the passer. Could you imagine if, if Jalen actually has a strong game rushing the passer and then he becomes one of the biggest storylines in, in the 2021 Cowboys? I know I'm just being optimistic, but man, that would be very, very fun. Play Parsons at defensive end and play Cox at linebacker, even though I'm intrigued by that possibility and by that proposal from David. I think that the Cowboys are going to be a little bit, you know, a, a, a little bit hesitant to play Cox this early in the season. I think Parsons should play at the edge on passing situations, says Thomas. Uh, Rue Glock says, I think it was Akai that said it, but Washington made them earn everything and that is a good defense i do think that if you take a look at justin herbert's stat line you don't see the whole story uh, of the game i think that justin herbert did have a very good game versus washington we will prevail sunday we've been the chargers tank or no tank says jennifer it, it it might be true the cowboys might end up beating the chargers however if they do so it's going to have to be because of number four, in my opinion. This is going to have to be a Dak Prescott game again. Uh, and that's going to be the case for a long time this 2021 season, I think. What about a package with Smith and Parsons on each end? Make a different package, says Jay Curry. We might see a lot of uh, uh, four linebacker packages. And by the way, and, and we might be getting a little bit of ahead of ourselves here, but one of my biggest takeaways from the Cowboys week one snap counts had to be Jaron Kears playing 
on 62% of the snaps. So we might see a little bit of that as well. We might see Keanu Neal, Jaron Kears being like this sort of strong safety slash linebacker hybrid player because I think that's what we saw from Jaron Kears as well in week one versus the Bucks. And we might see a little bit of that as we see Parsons, Jalen, maybe in pass rushing situations. I'm very intrigued as to how Dan Quinn will actually approach this game. Now, also a, a difficult situation for the Cowboys, and the focus is going to be in the trenches because of the, the Marcus Lawrence injury and the Gregory absence as well. But this secondary is going to have a tough time matching up versus Keenan Allen and company. Because even, even though Trevon Diggs played a shutdown performance in week one, it still, it still remains to be seen if he's, if he's going to do that consistently and if he's going to do that versus a wide receiver like Keenan Allen, who is just an insane route runner, in my opinion. That can get it done. I trust him, says Jennifer. Yeah, if Cox didn't get in the game versus Gronk, it's hard to imagine they will use him versus Chargers, says Rue. Yeah, I don't think that we'll, we're going to see a lot of Jabril Cox early in the season. He didn't pop out on the field, but that's a good thing with Brady on the field. LOL, I like him, says Jay. Play Mo Kennedy, says David. Here's my thing with, with Mo Kennedy. And I like that he, 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 shares, he shares a name with me. So I have some love for Maurice Kennedy in, in that aspect. And he had a strong performance in training camp and in preseason. But I had an article today on adcsports.com slash Dallas on not hoping Anthony Brown was going to be a starter. A, well, sorry. Do not, in my opinion, Cowboys fans should not expect Anthony Brown to be benched in week two. We might think about Mo Kennedy and we might think about Nishan Wright, but keep in mind that Kennedy saw his most of his success at nickel cornerback, and he would not be replacing Jordan Lewis. He would be replacing Anthony Brown, and Nishan Wright is going to be a rookie that maybe he deserves more snaps because he got zero of them versus the Bucks, and I'm intrigued as to whether or not the Cowboys will actually increase his playing time once we get to the Chargers. But I think that, you know, we have not seen this guy play, quote-unquote, is not a good enough reason to bench a player. Now, I'm not defending Anthony Brown because there's no defending Brown, in my opinion. He had a very poor performance versus the Bucks. But I'm also a little bit, you know, hesitant to tell you that playing Nishan Wright is an even better option or that playing Mo Kennedy is an even better option. We might think that because we have not seen them yet. But Nishan Wright had some rough moments in the preseason. Just like he had some strong performances, he had some rough moments and some rough drives in the preseason, in my opinion. So it's, it's difficult to know if, he, if he's ready. The positive when it comes to Keenan Allen and Dix is Dix usually does well with those bigger, not burner type receivers, says Rue. Mo Kennedy says Joey Curry is better than Anthony Brown. Every corner will get burnt with no rush, says Stephen White. And in my opinion, that is, that is a good point. And Antonio Brown will burn every corner as well. Every secondary will get burnt when you face Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, and, and Chris Godwin on the same offense with none other than Tom freaking Brady throwing them the football with a strong offensive line. So really, I, I'm, I don't expect Anthony Brown to have a very good season or anything like that, not, in a, not even a good season, 
but I don't expect him to be burnt consistently like he was versus Tampa. And keep in mind what we talked about last night, Dan Quinn actually defended Anthony Brown, and it makes perfect sense once you watch the tape. On that big play versus AV, he was he, he actually needed safety help, and it was a DeMonte Cassie who actually took the, the other route. Of course, he won't, and that's why he needs help, because he's a major weakness for the, the secondary. He always has poor performances. It's no secret. Solution, provide him cover, or we pay for it. Tampa Bay wide receiver slash tight end is, NFL, is an NFL cheat code says none. And I think that he's right. They are a cheat code. And I think that they, they had the best receiving corps in the NFL. And with Michael Gallup healthy, the Cowboys are close to being number two or number three. Unfortunately, Michael Gallup is also injured. But I'm not very worried about those offensive injuries. Anyways, other snap counts before I leave you tonight. Other snap counts thoughts that I had from the week one game is Dalton Schultz play a little bit longer than a little bit more than Blake Jarwin. I honestly thought that the Cowboys were going to surprise us with Blake Jarwin being tight end one. It does not look like way, that way. I think it's still open for competition. And I think that Blake Jarwin could still become the Cowboys starter at tight end, even though we hated the way he blocked versus Tampa. And even though we hated that third and goal play in which Blake Jarwin missed his block versus the, the Tampa Bay's safety. More thoughts. I already shared with you the fact that Wright played zero snaps and Mo Kennedy played only in two defensive snaps. That should change. I will tell you that that should definitely change. I don't think that we're going to see Anthony Brown benched, but I think at least we should see more plays for Nishan Wright or more plays for Mo Kennedy. Like at least give them some playing time, in my opinion. Whoever can catch and block, says Stephen White, regarding the tight ends. And other thoughts that I wanted to share with you, because by now you probably heard about the linebackers and Michael Parsons and Keanu Neal being clearly the starters at linebacker instead of LV and Jalen Smith. But over at special teams, I think we saw some interesting things. We saw Darian Thompson lead the team, and he was named team captain before the game, and he led the team even though he's not a part of the Cowboys 53-man roster. So now he's injured, but before the injury, I wonder if he was going to at some point be signed to the to the 53-man roster, or if not, what was the plan? Who would replace Darian Thompson on special teams after he played in 76% of the snaps there? Drums Armstrong came in at second, CJ Goodwin at third, Jaron Kears at, at fourth. So really a strong game from Jaron Kears in terms of snap counts. Now, people were asking about Jarvill Cox, and Cox is at least being a, spe a special contributor on special teams because he was a top five player in, in defense in special team snaps versus the Bucs. 61%, only five players played in over 60% of the snaps at special teams, and Cox was one of them. Then at sixth place, we had Nishan Wright. At seventh, Bradley and I. And then, well, a lot of players that were involved in that. I did find interesting that Leighton Vanderich had 26% of the snaps on special teams. But Jalen, Jalen had very few. Jalen had only five snaps on special teams instead to Leighton Vanderich, nine. So really, Jalen needs to find a way to contribute to this team, in my opinion. Because Jalen played the same kind, uh, the same number of snaps than Micah and Keanu Neal did on special teams. 
But the difference is they are your starters and Jalen is not. He had a really nice tackle in special teams. Cox, that is, says Rue. He had, and then in one, in one of the Bucks long returns, I'm not entirely sure if this was his fault or not, but, but Gabriel Cox was cl close to making a play and then he missed the tackle. But I'm not sure if he missed the tackle or I, I need to rewatch that play or if he was just not supposed to make that play there. Hooker playing Sunday, says David. Listen, with Donovan Wilson and Darian Thompson potentially being out, well, we know Thompson is not going to be available, at least because the coaching staff said multiple weeks. We're not sure about Donovan Wilson. But if Donovan Wilson does not play, there is trouble at safety. And, and we're, we're overlooking it because we are focusing on Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory, Lyle Collins, and Michael Gallup. And we are overlooking the fact that two strong safeties on the team are injured, even though Thompson is not a part of the 53-man roster. So if, if Donovan Wilson doesn't play, who's your strong safety? Hooker might be playing on Sunday but it's still a free safety. I, I'm not sure we will see Malik Cooker play as your strong safety. I'm not sure we will. You think we are underdogs now at Sunday, says Gerardo over at Cowboys or over at the ADC Sports Dallas Twitter. We are. The Cowboys are underdogs, in my opinion, on this game. And in the betting world, they were even before Demarcus Lawrence's injury. So, yeah, I, I do feel that is the case for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not, I don't have a, a prediction for the game yet. I will have that for you tomorrow night since, since it is the last time that we see each other until the game. But I will have my official prediction by then. But, but yeah, right now I think that the Cowboys are underdogs. Cassie will play strong, says Dom. Or listen, Jaron Kyrgios again, he played a lot during the, during the Bucks game. He played in over 60% of the snaps on defense. So Garen Kears might be the guy as well, but you might want Kears and another guy in some weird packages that Dan Quinn might roll out as they try to get some edge, so, some pass rushing from the linebackers. I believe Malik Cooker played both safety spots in his career, says so Gilbert. Mostly free safety, though. Malik Cooker has always been mostly a, a, a free safety. So may, maybe he did play some, some, a little bit of both. But mainly free safety, man. Uh, and that, that is where Malik Hooker looks great, in my opinion, as well, in coverage. We could have been the only team with three 100-yard wide receivers if Gallup didn't get hurt, said Robert. Now, listen, you know how the, Dak Prescott said that he did not, he did not want a 6,000-yard season, 6, season because that probably meant that the Cowboys were behind in the scoreboards. He might, he might, he might get a six thousand season now <laughs> with the Marcus Lawrence out six to eight weeks. It might be the case if the Cowboys want to be a winning team. It as as we knew before the season started, it it will be through the Cowboys offense. Now I trust them to do so. I I feel just like I feel this mainly maybe pessimistic about a Cowboys defense. I feel that optimistic about a Cowboys offense. So much that I'm not sure I would change my 11-6 and six prediction from the preseason. I, I, I'm not sure I, I, I would change that, even with the Demarcus Lawrence injury. But right now, regarding week two, uh, I don't know. I, I think that the Chargers are favorites. Now, one more comment, and I'm about to leave you all tonight. You think that the offense will be really affected with Gallup at Collins out, or we don't need to panic? I think we don't need to panic regarding the offense. I think that... I think that the Cowboys will be able to game plan this game the correct way. And they're going to get help from Ezekiel Elliott in the pass blocking game. But mainly, I think that Kellen Moore 
will have a strong performance for the second consecutive week. We talk about we talked about Kellen Moore being one of the best uh, offensive coordinators from week one, and I think that might be the case again in week two. I think that he will do a great job scheming this game, and Dak Prescott will get rid of the ball quickly. Plus, I'm not very scared about the Chargers' defense. They do have Joey Bosa. They do have uh, Derwin James. But this is a very different unit from what the Cowboys saw last week. So I'm, I'm confident in that situation. And thank you, Gilbert, for saying great content. Followed you in Espanol after your last show on this platform. Hey, thank you, Gilbert. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you, you did so. And, well, as always, you can follow me as well on Twitter at MAUNFL, M-A-U-N-F-L. And I have some bilingual tweets, man. I tweet out some things in Spanish and some things in English. But if you follow me there and you see some tweets in Spanish, you can always hit the translate tweet option if you want to read it as well. Or if you want any tweet of mine, translate it. Just ask for it, and I will with pleasure. It, it is my pleasure, for real. We really need to see Sikilelet and Tony Pollard to step up big time, says Bruno. I agree. What is up, Dallas? Just got here. What's up, ADC? The good thing is you're going to be able to watch the replay. And remember that these ADC Sports shows, my shows and Sky shows, are available in the podcast platforms as well a little bit after the shows are over. Thank you, David. Thank you for the support. And as always, I would appreciate it if you all hit the like button, share it with your friends. Most importantly, share it. If you're going to do only one of these things, I prefer you share it. But if you have time, do both. Hit the like button and share the show if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. And as always, let your friends know that you're watching ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. That will be it for me to today, tonight on the show. I really appreciate you being with me to talk about this DeMarcus Lawrence. Unfortunate news, the Cowboys play on Sunday versus the Chargers. And they do have a shot at winning this game. What's your opinion on signing Oliver Vernon? He had like eight sacks last year. We talked about it at the beginning of the show. Make sure you watch it on the replay. But that's the only free agent that I would feel good about at defensive end, honestly. Taking a look at the ones that are available, Oliver Vernon is the guy if you're going to sign someone. I'm comfortable going into Sunday, says Thomas. The Chargers, nor the situation, should scare us. Let's go. I will see you all tomorrow night with the official game prediction. And we also will do a, a little bit of a segment on bold predictions. So keep an eye out for that. And betting the Cowboys. We will have a section as well that will also be available on adcsports.com slash Dallas that will be called betting the Cowboys. And it, it won't be only Cowboys picks, but it will be about a Cowboys game. So let's go. Have a good Wednesday night. And I will see you tomorrow at 8 p.m. Central Time. Thank you very much and enjoy the rest of your Wednesday.